some people one of their five favorite philosophers in the world. Oh my God. I'm just telling you what I hear. This is, this is what I hear. What Donald Trump talked about, Ted Cruz, he just said, you know, I just hear this. Okay, I heard his dad killed Kennedy. I heard he cheats on his wife. I don't know if he does. You'll have to ask so you, him. You heard positive things. I heard me. you I are someone or many people's one of their favorite philosophers up there with uh, Dennis Prager and Dr. Tom Sowell and Rush Limbaugh, one of their favorite conservative philosophers. This is a great honor. This is where you, you know, should just lose the humility altogether yeah. and get a big head and just go away from us all and never, you know. Uh, yes, yeah, well, that's very nice of you. Like, one or two people may have said that, but, you know, I, that's, but the only time, my mom won't be impressed. With Mo Jewish people. mothers are never impressed. <laughs> if, if your Jewish mother found out about this, she will call you and say, why don't everyone else on the planet know this? You what, know, you haven't told them? Our, our listeners are, are thinking to themselves, why do I have to suffer through all this crap before the podcast? Why, do we, why can't we get to the meat of the stuff? As it were, you gotta we to leave. Go this nonsense, you gotta leave them wanting something. <laughs> well, anyway, before further ado, coming to the microphone, one of America's favorite folk conservative philosophers, Barack Lurie. Listeners, I am with you. <laughs> this man is holding this podcast hostage. <laughs> Please get help. I will release this <laughs> podcast when Obama gives me four hundred mil. I mean one point seven billion. I mean one hundred fifty billion dollars, and I will refrain from any developmental of any nuclear or anything from this day forward, except for that one I already have. I worry about Ari David, like you, my friend, the dear listener. All right, today we're going to be talking about. Thanks for tuning in. First of all, uh, the Brocklery Podcast. We're going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart. Ready? And it's going to be so fascinating, it'll blow your mind. So I'm going to say it in one word. Ready? Statistics. Wow. Is that sexy or what? Right? All right. More particularly, probabilities, because statistics is the study of probabilities and, and how, to, how to work with them and such. But I, I really am more interested in probabilities. What do I mean by this, Ari? I, I mean... That there are, there are recent studies that have now studied, stated, now in hindsight, the obvious. And the obvious is that different people have different abilities to understand probabilities. They think in different ways, right? And of course, that's, it, in hindsight, I said it's obvious. Why? Because it's obvious to us that people have different artistic abilities, for example, have different senses of music, have different senses of numbers, have different senses of... Uh, I don't know, ability to play sports, of course, right? Um, abilities to uh, play tennis, basketball, um, logical reasoning, for example. And, and so it goes, it's not that much of a stretch to say that people have different abilities to understand the impact of probabilities. All right, so what do I say? What, you know, probabilities, of course, you know, the classic examples, you, you flip a coin and you can say, what is the, the probability of it uh, landing on heads? two-sided coin, evenly weighted. And you'd say 50-50, uh, and you'd be right. And then I say to you, okay, flip a coin twice. What are the chances that it'll land twice in a row on heads? And yet, while each time it's 50-50, the chances of it being two times in a row, it's down to 25%, right? Because it's half of a half. And so on down the line. If I said three times in a row, that'll be 
uh, heads, it, it keeps on going down to 12.5% now and so on. And then it gets to an infinitesimal amount. What are the chances if I flip the coin 50,000 times, right? And, and the chances that it would land heads every single time? Uh, you, you could say 0%. There's no way. But the answer is there is a chance. There is. It's going to be a very small chance. But there is a percentage to that. And I do this with my kids. And I recommend this to everyone who has kids. You're driving. It's a great way to, to entertain the kids, to make them think a little bit. And to terrify them. Terrifying them is always good. Just I throw that out there. That was Ari David speaking. <laughs> I have no idea why he's speaking at all. Just to terrify kids. That's, that's a problem that he has to deal with. It's between him and God. Well, that's another kids. story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what's really scary that he has kids in the first place. Anyway, do this. With a lot of people say that. Just so you know, <laughs> do this with your kids. I, uh, I, I take kids to the swim team, for example. So from our house to the swim team place at UCLA, we're driving along, and as we go just down our street, there might be a car in front of us, right? And I say, hey, kids, what are the chances that this car is also going to swim team? At the same time that we are, because there are a bunch of other kids, right? We can't see inside the car, so we wouldn't know. And, uh, you know, my, one of my kids would say, well, 0% chance. And I said, why are you saying 0% chance? There's a chance, right? And they say, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, probably, you know, one out of, uh, you know, 100,000. So maybe, maybe, maybe higher, maybe a little bit lower, but there is a chance, right? Right. And then we continue moving. That car turns left, which is the same direction we're going. And I say, now what are the chances? Are they higher or lower? And then they say, yeah, the chances are a little bit higher that they're going to the, to the place. And we keep on going. As we get closer and closer toward UCLA and toward the specific parking lot where we usually park, the, the numbers keep on going up and up. And then I say, well, what about if they park here? What are the chances that they're actually going to the UCLA swim team. It's much higher, but not necessarily. It's not 100%. And it turns out that the only time you can say it's 100% is if the kid actually goes in the water with you in the pool. Then it's 100, Then it rises to 100%. And, and this is logical thinking, right? This is probability thinking. And the fact that we can kind of surmise that, there, first of all, that there is a chance, not just that it's 0%, but that there is a chance is valuable and that it increases with different factors. That's also valuable, right? Now, you can have, by the way, a lot of fun with this and say, what are the chances, you know, you're, you're driving down the, the, the street and there's buildings to both left and right. What are the chance, chances that uh, Principal Weinstein is going to fall from that building and land right on top of our car, <laughs> Right? And then they say 0%. And I said, nah, uh, uh There's a chance. There's a chance that he might just literally jump from that building and land on our car. It's a very small chance. And then they start throwing absurd things, like that a comet might land. There's a chance there, too. There's all sorts of chances there. Now, of course, they're absurdly small, these chances. But it's, it's worth exploring chances. Now, why do I bring this all up? I mean, on the Brock Lurie podcast, of all things, where we talk about 
uh, abortion, we talk about Milwaukee and Black Lives Matter, and we talk about affirmative action, and we talk about evolution and free will and, and all sorts of issues about God. How is this connected to all those wonderful things? I'll tell you. They're connected in every way. Because everything that we evaluate in terms of Black Lives Matter, affirmative action, we always ask the question, what are the consequences of this or that policy? What are the consequences of this decision, right? What are the probabilities now, for example, that there'll be more hostage taking in Iran than there was before, right? Probabilities, my friend, okay? The way that the world interacts with us and the way we interact with them and what the future will hold. And I put it to you that it also goes to the very basic question of why are we here? Who are we? What are the chances? How do we explain free will? All of that is dependent on prob probabil probabilities, my friends. And, and let me, so now before I get to that, I want to talk about the way people make poor decisions and the way people think without a world of probabilities in their head. The most obvious one is gambling okay so if you like gambling be my guest have fun uh, I I'm not a gambler if I go to Las Vegas the way I look at it is I'm gonna plunk down a hundred bucks and I see it as as if I'm going to Disneyland I'm gonna have fun let's see how long it lasts and if I make a little bit of money on top of it that's all it is I'm not gonna I'm not gonna if I if I if I'm up ahead hundred and twenty dollars by the extra $20, I just go, I'm out, <laughs> I'm done. Thank you for coming, and I, I'm thrilled. I never want to waste it. Um, but I know one thing. As I went into these Las Vegas casinos, I think the first time when I was 16 or something with my parents, uh, I looked around and I just saw this opulence, this enormous wealth, these gigantic ceilings and, and uh, seemingly gold statues with water coming out of their mouths and other places for that matter. And I just thought, how can they afford this, this stuff? And then I thought, the only way they can afford this is if the probabilities that the casino wins is better than the casino loses, right? And, the, and they figure out the math. It's all math. There are very few casinos that go under, right? When was the last time you were I'm not saying anything about Donald Trump, okay? <laughs> I, I, fine, he's a success. No. Only man ever to lose money in this casino business, no, no. but <laughs> you can you can lose money. Look, your casino is in a bad area of town, and there's a terrible recession, and nobody visits it. Well, then, yeah, you're going to lose money. But in terms of a, a casino, just having in a regular business orientation place, you you can they don't lose money. they don't lose money they don't lose money because it's it's just very simple math. Because if you have hundreds of thousands of people, and the odds that they are going to lose their dollar that they put in uh, is 51%, then you are always going to come out ahead. And that margin of 2%, and usually it's a, a bigger margin than that, but even that margin of 2% that I just mentioned is enough to make the casinos enormously rich. And it goes up for every shot of alcohol they give away for yeah, free. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and that's all the the the, um, <laughs> the collateral damage <laughs> right. that they they managed to squeeze out of you too. How do they make all this money? <laughs> they just give you all these free drinks. Yeah, <laughs> and they they encourage you. They want you to gamble. They don't. They're not worried about paying you more than than you're you're than you're going to pay them. They're not worried about that for a moment. 
How can we help you gamble more, sir? They, 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 don't, they don't like bite their fingernails. Oh my gosh, maybe he'll win, the, win this time. They're very calm and they're very confident because they understand one thing, probabilities. Okay, It's as simple as that. And in that case, they have weighted the coin, so to speak, right? It's not like the, the heads or tails situation. It's a, it's, a, it's a coin if you flip it up and it's going to be 51% chance that it's going to be in the heads. It's a three-sided coin and two of the, co- two of the sides are what they want. Right. That's basically That's the works. way it is. So that's, the, so that's the obvious example. Then there are other things that people don't factor in. I, uh, one of my favorite ones is, is about guns. Okay. Now, guns, you hear this, especially in Los Angeles and, and, and among very liberal cities and such, and with liberal uh, moms and, and, to a lesser extent, dads. They refuse to have a gun in their house. Why? Because they're, they're afraid. I know they've read a story, of course, of some kid that came over to play with their kid and they discovered daddy's gun, and then they were playing with it, and boom, Johnny's dead, okay? And it's a tragedy. Certainly it's a tragedy. Problem is, how often does this happen? Okay, if it happens, you know, five times in the entire country for, for uh, every five years, I would say as tragic as each loss is, and it is, it's not a national crisis, Right, you, it would not be realistic to say you should not have guns at all because of that possibility, or realistic for governmental authorities to respond with legislation in kind because of right. such rare occurrences. Well, exactly. Now, compare that, file that away. Right, that the chance of that happening, God forbid it ever happens, to the chances of any of the following happening. One. That you're driving your car backwards out of the garage and little Johnny is playing, you know, hopscotch or whatever it is, or jacks, and you run him over, you hit him, oops, okay? How often does that happen? A lot more than the accidental, accidental shooting we just talked about. A lot more. But you don't hear about that, right? So probabilities, my friend, right? Here's another example. Compare that, what I just said with the guns, to the chances that Johnny drowns in your pool. How often does that happen? A hell of a lot more than these accidental shootings that we're talking about. A hell of a lot more. And yet people uh, still would rather send Johnny to a house with a swimming pool than a house that might have a gun. Okay? And in the swimming pool, you're invited to go into the pool, right? In the, in the case of the you're guns, supposed to, you're Johnny supposed, is to, yeah. supposed to use the pool. That's right. He's been invited. Right. He wasn't invited into daddy's gun case. Right. And the gun case is usually hidden or whatever it might and be. And locked. Right. <laughs> yeah. And they're not invited. So, so it's just, that's bizarre, right? And then one other example of Johnny. Johnny's coming to the house and Johnny gets bit and maimed, maybe even killed by a dog of that house. Okay. It's, it happens. And Johnny was invited to pet the dog. Right. Or the dog was there. And uh, the dog wasn't fed that day. Whatever it was, suddenly Johnny gets killed. Okay? Tragic. Okay? Tragic. But this is the function of probabilities. And you would never say we should never have cars, lest they might back up and hit the children. You would never say we must outlaw pools, lest you know, people get invited and they might drown. 
you would never say people can't have their pets lest that those pets might bit or maim or kill Johnny. But the probabilities of any of those things are not infinitely, but dramatically higher than the, possi the possibility that Johnny gets killed by a gun in the house. It's just, it's staggering how wide a gap. It's not like 5149, like I just mentioned in Las Vegas, by the way. It's, it's something on the, on the order of 100,000 to one compared, comparatively speaking. Of, of a magnitude that this will happen versus that will right. happen. Right, exactly yes. right. And yet people, you see, and this is why I began off this podcast by saying that people don't think with probabilities in mind. They just don't think of them. Okay, they, if you, but they, they think in terms of numbers and many other things, like do we have enough in our checking uh, account to be able to, to pay off this, this plumber? Do we, that they think in terms of numbers. I get that. The, the, the tuition, do we, can we afford this private school? Yes, no, okay. Can we live? Uh, or better yet, what are the chances we can afford this private school? What are <laughs> right. the chances right. that we can afford this diamond ring or this plumber? Right, right, because will you be fired? Or are you going to get that promotion? Yeah, I'm trying to keep the, the analogy the, apples to right. apples. They in factor case. in the probabilities and the chances of being able to afford because, oh, uh, who knows? Shall we have a third child, a fourth child, whatever it is, or a second child? Can we afford him? Because, you know, where are we going in our trajectory, in our careers? But when it comes to guns, oh, all, all bets are off, so to speak. Yeah, there's even, no logic whatsoever. Right. Even when compared to things of equal or greater danger to self and others, yeah. like cars, pools, dogs. Exactly. That it, because if you're comparing it to non-lethal things, okay, the analogy isn't apples to apples, but those are equally lethal things right. that cause equally lethal maiming and death. Yeah. From from the parents' perspective. You're, the, the, the fact that your child is dead that is all that matters. You don't care how he died. It's just you, you've lost your child. Johnny is gone. You're still going to go to a funeral. And it's still going to be tragic. You're still going to, uh, you know, second-guess yourself for the rest of your life. Okay? But that's the way it is. And you need to think in terms of probabilities. And what they don't think about, going, going even further, is why have the gun at all in the first place? The reason why is to protect the family in, in the off chance and the very real chance that if a burglar did come to the house, Johnny might die because he doesn't have a gun. Okay? Or, or the whole family might die right. because Johnny's dad, mom, right. sister, brother didn't have Raped, a gun. tied up, mutilated, tortured, God knows what. Okay? But yeah. there's, a, there's, a, there's a benefit to having the gun in the first place. And it is a cost-benefit analysis of which we are speaking. Right? So... Lest you think that we're only speaking about guns, because we're not. We're going to go to two, at least two other areas. We talked first about gambling. Now we're talking about guns. Uh, we can be talking about airplanes, and now I'll talk about airplanes. Uh, I, I know at least of one person, and actually now that I think about it, three people, who will not go on an airplane. They will never take an airplane flight. And I, I interviewed each of them, and more or less the answer is the same. I'm terrified of going in a plane because if there's an accident, it is complete and fatal. There is no such thing as, or although there is such a thing, as a, a walk um, away from a it. walk away yeah. airplane uh, crash. Uh, actually, know somebody who did walk away from an airplane crash. But putting that aside, is he let's, one of the three who doesn't take airplanes anymore because he's the only one with a reason? That's right. Exactly <laughs> right. No, he he still does, but see, but he but he takes he takes. Um, 
precautions. No, no. He takes what's the the, the drug that starts with the V? Uh, Vicodin. Vicodin. Valium. Valium. Vicodin. He, no, he takes Vicodin every time he goes on an airplane because he's so, you know, he's traumatic, traumatized by the whole experience yeah. of going into to a plane. Hang on. So you have that, and I, I kind of like the world according to Garp approach to this, because if I had ever experienced that, I would conclude with probabilities. You understand. And I'd be right that, by golly, the chances of me crashing again are so much more infinitesimally small that it would happen to me again yeah. uh, that I, I, I'm going to embrace every flight possible because right. it's so, so ridiculous. Great right? point. Right? And I'm not even going to book the exit row. I'm right. so confident I'm going to yeah. be safe. Exactly. So I, I'm, I'm totally relaxed. I had my time in my life and I came out clean. So, and, and why do I say the world according to Garp? Because in that story... Uh, the couple, the lead couple, they're looking for a house. And as they're looking at the house in this nice, cute neighborhood, a small little twin-engine plane you know, <laughs> crashes right into the, the house, house that they're looking to, to buy. And, and the, the broker says, oh, my gosh, this is terrible. I'm so sorry. And the Garp character, played by Robin Williams, says, we'll take it. And then the wife says, are you crazy? They just played. And he goes, honey, don't you understand that the chances that something – Equally horrible or ever horrible. This is it. We've seen it. This is the worst that'll ever happen. It's never gonna happen again to <laughs> this I, one. <laughs> I liked it only because there was a, there was a good thinking of probabilities. Right. There. Okay. Um, whether that's true or not, I mean, yes, of course, I could catch fire and such, but that's not the point. The point is he was thinking in probabilities, and we must think in probabilities. The airplane example is too easy. The 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 chances of an airplane crashing are so infinitesimally small compared to the danger of driving your own car uh, and how you're, you run a risk every time. When you're tired, uh, God forbid you're drinking a little bit, uh, God forbid you're, you're distracted by, by something, um, even a pretty face, you know, walking across the street, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're, you're in a car accident. It's usually the tuchas, not the face for me, but... Right, whatever which, it is, which is all the more reason to fight the yoga pants culture. <laughs> I, I knew you'd blame the spandex. That's right. There you go. By the way, putting it as an aside, I was on the, I was on the Sunday show doing the Sunday show, and I was you know decrying the yoga pants culture, and I get a text from one Ari David during the middle of my show, and what does it say? And it says Barack. Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> the wife's listening to the show. Right. Stop it. She's about to go to her yoga class. She's dressed perfectly. And she promises me things when she gets home after being warmed up and flexible. And you're ruining it. <laughs> All right. So going back out of the parentheses now, going back to uh, the, the whole airplane thing with the cars, right? The cars are far more dangerous than the airplanes. And yet these same people who are afraid to go on airplanes are more than happy to go on. Uh, in, in their car, where they not even if they are very wide awake, even if they're not distracted, even if they're not drinking, you know they're still surrounded by other cars, uh, by driven by total strangers, who may themselves have uh, drunk too much, who may uh, suffer from road rage, uh, who may be angry or depressed because their boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with them, um, or just are otherwise distracted. And in some cases, especially in the freeway, these same these, these strangers who are driving alongside them are driving anywhere between 50 and, and 80 miles an hour. 
I mean, you would think about it, it's madness. And sometimes between 50 and 80 miles an hour above the posted speed limit. <laughs> well, right? yeah, that's true, too. But, but you, get the, you get the drift. It, it's just they're willing to take those risks, you see, but not the risk of a, of a pilot who's trained and is, is not drunk and he knows what he's doing and there's no other planes uh, within literally miles of, of the flight. And it's far safer in every respect. Right. And, and it gets checked all the time, as yes. opposed to the car that that you know you you're responsible for checking it yourself, and you you don't necessarily check it. I'll I'll, I'll do the I'll check the tires, for example. Uh, you know, next month, next month, and next thing you know, you have these ball tires, and of course, there's a slight skid, and boom, you're you're dead. Okay? Now that that is such an important point because these people don't even know that a plane before every flight. The pilot and the mechanics walk around it and check every inch of it. Yeah, it's like required every flight, not every just flight. a tune-up or an oil change every yeah. six months. Yeah, not a, not every week. It's every flight. Yeah, <clears throat> no one's checking to make sure there isn't a nail in their tire before doing this yeah. on the freeway, and they they don't take a second thought about it. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre the way that people don't think these things through, right? So, um, and I, I can go on and on with these different probabilities, but those are four. Uh, different categories of probabilities that people just don't factor in whatsoever. They, uh, I mean, you're welcome to chime in as well. I, I, I'm thinking about another thing in terms of the probabilities. You know, the way people eat, for example, they don't think. Leave of, meat alone. Or actually, tell people to be vegetarian so I can have more steak. That's that's fine. <laughs> that's that's that, the probability that you would have more steak <laughs> would be higher. I don't I don't know if that's a good analogy actually. That, <laughs> But, but people don't think in terms of probabilities. Like, uh, this, is, this is one that I really love because, as you know, I'm vegan. I'm vegan for health reasons. Yes, the fact that I'm not contributing to uh, pain and suffering of animals, great. I'm, I'm happy for that. But I'm really doing it for my own health reasons. Call it selfish if you like. But I, just got, I was really on a bad trajectory when I was 31. Doctor told me I was going to have a major heart event by the time I was 38 if I didn't do something and something right away. So I did something right away. And sure enough, my cholesterol went way down. I lost 40 pounds in the process. I felt light as a feather. Um, I was better in every respect. My digestive system was clean, clean, clean. It, it, it felt great in every way. And I, I realized I was onto something. And, and I, I highly advocate it. I think it's great. Uh, however, if you're going to have a meat in front of me, I will not judge you. I will not look down on you. I'll even say that steak looks great. Uh, do you like the seasoning on that? Whatever. Oh, yes, I do. And I oh, know you, yes, I, know you I do. So, but the point is, and, and and now you'll see what the probabilities come in. I, I Once in a while, I don't know, once every year, year and a half, I'll go to a, um, a dietary forum. And usually it's about veganism and the benefits of veganism, only because it's nearby and it's a friend is inviting me. And I've done, I've done this maybe, I'd say, five times, you know, since I became vegan. And... Uh, and I noticed something in every single one of these vegan groups. I am the youngest person there by far. By far. When I'm talking about the health vegan groups, by the way, not the cruelty. See, avoidance. they're all dying young. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. I like that. That's really funny. If you tell me never to interject. That'll be the title of this. Vegans die young. <laughs> He's writing it down. No, it's not going to be vegans die young. All right. She's can't work under these conditions. <laughs> so, all right. So, so I, here, here's the thing with it. 
I see the, the crowd, and I'm the youngest one there. And I think to myself, I can't figure this out. Why is it? It seems like I'm not only the, I'm the youngest one, I'm the youngest one by far. And this is, you know, when I started to go to these things, I was, I don't know, 33, 34. And now I'm 52, so I'm still, but I'm still wildly younger. Most of these people are like in their 70s. And they're, they're interested in veganism, and, and they're nodding their heads. And, and, uh, and as, as people going, wow, that's really great. Isn't this cool? I just love this, and, and I feel so much better. And, and so finally, I just decided to ask people. I said, tell me, why did you become vegan? And the stories were all the same. Ready? I had a heart attack. I had a stroke. I had cancer. I had lupus. I had this. I had that. I had diabetes. I, I, I had no other, no other option. And somebody told me about the vegan thing. And so I thought I'd try it. The point is, they waited till a terrible incident happened to them, a disease or a stroke. Or, and that's when they took action. And I thought to myself, probabilities, man. What, what are the odds that I can continue to eat this crappy diet and think that I'm not going to get hit? Right? I mean, if, if you were to told, if a doctor told me with numbers simply to say, Barack, listen, you've got an 80% chance of having a massive heart attack by the time you're 38, would I say, well, that means I got 20% chance of being just fine? Right? <laughs> I mean, that would be stupid, right? <laughs> so... <laughs> Homer Simpson. Right, that's the Homer Simpson way of thinking, like, I suppose. Like. Right, but but that's that's the way that so many people think, and but you got to go to numbers at some point. You there is you know maybe you can't whittle it down to exactly, but there is a number out there. It's out there in space, if you like. It's some it, it, it's it's a it's an actual number, the percentage of you getting that heart attack um, at thirty eight. Uh, at this age, you know, based upon where you are in your life right now, at the age of 32, you know, here's the numbers. It's and, and and if you're intellectually honest with yourself, you'll say that number is pretty high. Okay, let's say it's only 20% versus 80% that you get. Would you like those odds? Would you send your 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 daughter to to uh, college, knowing you know or believing the statistics that one out of five women going to college is raped? Yeah, now change that to four out of five. And that's the same statistic. Yeah, same, same, yeah, same, same idea. For the, right. for the it's, heart attack. It's an absurd argument. Yeah, you would never you would put never someone do that. you love in that I wouldn't do it if it was one out of five. Of I wouldn't not. do it as one, one out of a hundred. I, I, that one percent chance, which is, that's a high percent chance, right? Would you drive your car knowing one out of every hundred times you drive, you're going to get in a major accident? Of course not. But the number is much lower than that, fortunately. But that's what I'm trying to tell you is you have to think in terms of probabilities. And so I, I looked at that and I just thought it's because of my sense of probabilities that I thought, why do I think that I, Barack Lurie, eating the standard American diet, it's called SAD, that I would, I would not, <laughs> right? You like Thanks, that. vegan. <laughs> we are ruining everything. We're ruining everything. <laughs> Barack Lurie, ruining everyone's diet forever. No, but, but if, look, I wouldn't mind if people changed to becoming a vegan. But I, I do ask people, think about the probabilities. Do you really think that if you continue on the same way that, that you're going to just, you know, you're going you're gonna to dodge that stroke, you're going to dodge that heart attack, dodge the diabetes, dodge the, dodge the lupus, you know, dodge this or that af affliction? Really? Do you think so? Because 
why? Why? You know, there, there are just bullets flying all over the place, and you think you're going to dance dance among them? I mean, you're going to get some sort of horrible disease if you don't, you know, think seriously about your your diet and your exercise and your sleep. Yes, but these things are very important. Yeah, and, and now, now, by the by the way, let me go further because the listener is now thinking to himself, and he's he's right. Yeah, Mr. Lurie, but there's still a chance that you'll have a heart attack or a stroke or diabetes. And they're right. They're right. But it's much lower than it was. And, and there's also ancillary factors. We're not talking entirely about whether or not you're going to have XYZ happen to you. You're also talking about, like with the gun, an upside to it. The reason you keep the gun in the house right. and the reason the gun is more important is because when you do need it and it's there for you, it saves your life. Right. When the car is there for you, it gets you somewhere. Mm-hmm. The gun saves your life. When the pool is there, you take a swim. It's for fun. When the, yeah. when the gun is there, mm-hmm. it saves your life. When the dog's there, it gives you a big lick. Right. When the gun's there, it saves your life. The upside of the gun working well when needed is much higher of an upside than those other three things that compared to and the upside that you're drilling around with your analogy is that you feel better about yourself physically every day and can function Bingo. better. Bingo. Exactly okay? right. It's not only about avoiding the downside. It's also about taking advantage of the upside. Right. And one other little piece of info that I think is kind of interesting to plug in here probability-wise and mm-hmm. human behavior-wise. And then we'll get into media distortions momentarily that I think have to do with this is this, compare it to drug addicts and smokers. Mm. Drugs, dr- when you're talking about food, you can make an argument that any sort of food, period, is useful at least somehow. Right. And the way I can prove that to you is go to North Korea. Any of the people starving in the gulag would kill for a Cheeto. A Big Mac. Or a Big Mac. Yeah, a French Any fries. of the worst foods that Americans right. consume, a Slurpee <laughs> or a Squishy from Apu's or a 7-Eleven, is better for them than starving to death. Or any food that you might find at the L.A. County Fair. <laughs> right. Or any piece of food clinging to Tungus, the AMPM I, I mascot. Totally, I, totally from, okay. I totally agree. I totally agree. But the point I'm getting to is this. But it's absolutely declaratively, beyond any shadow of a doubt... That inhaling substances that impede your ability to absorb oxygen in, in smoke form or taking any other mind-altering drug that's not made to be health food is definitely bad for you. And people still choose to do those yeah. despite the probabilities. There's no nutrition in heroin. There is no. nutrition in a Cheeto, however fleeting, right? Right. Well, they'll, they'll say the benefit of heroin is that it gives you the high, of course. That's why people do it in the first place. Likewise, with nicotine, it, it gives them a, a relaxing yes, effect. Yes, and there, there are things that entice people to do them that are right. like gambling. But, but, they have a, but they have a poor sense of probabilities. Yeah, and we're and, not talking about the pleasure as the upside. We're okay. talking entirely about the probabilities of upside versus downside. All right, now let's get to the... You, you already kind of touched upon it, and I'm going to take over because it's one of the things I want to talk about, is Black Lives Matter. And the whole kind of hysteria we now have about white cops killing black people and this the probability factor which we will get to right after this break don't go away we'll be right back 
Dennis Prager here. If you have a business or real estate dispute, I strongly recommend that you call Barack Lurie. Barack, you had a client who had opened up a food operation in a shopping center, but the landlord had misrepresented the amount of foot traffic that your client would get. Yeah, Dennis, and very quickly my client felt the impact, losing a tremendous amount of money each month. He had invested $250,000 in improvements into the business. All right, how did you resolve that one? It turns out that the shopping center was about to be sold, so we waited for just the right moment before the sale because we knew the landlord would not want to have to disclose this major lawsuit. Suddenly, he's settled for a lot of money. Sometimes you have to know how to time your luck. Well, that's another real success. Folks, I trust Barack Lurie with my own legalities. Call him at 866-575-8111. That's 866-575-8111. Fighting for what's right, Barack Lurie at Lurie and Seltzer. 866-575-8111. And now, listen to the Barack Lurie Show Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. here on AM870, The Answer. Thanks for staying with us. All right, we were talking about Black Lives Matter. Now, uh, why we were talking about that in terms of probabilities, right? The, the reason why is that the media now is all hell-bent on trying to establish that there's this, this flurry of white cops killing black people and that it's, uh, this is just an outrage and such. Never mind, of course, that they don't comport whatsoever with the actual facts on the ground. They're, it's just not happening. Um, and we talked before about the unicorn of this happening because it just, it's just wildly not happening. I mean, there's just like not even one example. And the one situation where a black cop is, sorry, a white cop is killing a black person, and I remember he was running away and the, and the cop just shot him five times in the back, that cop was immediately indicted and immediately incarcerated for murder. Done. And a story. It's not as if he got away with it. But put it put aside. Oh, and really fast. And he was immediately fired. No pension. I think he was even um, convicted. Right. Whoa. Well, that's what I just said. Yeah. No, <laughs> I thought you said uh, indicted. No, I said he was convicted. Oh, he was convicted. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You got to listen to your own show, buddy. Uh, sorry. I was, I was You're producing stuff. this show. I was saying phone call. <laughs> I see. <laughs> All right. Well, we still love you. Okay. So the point is that Okay, but, but, but that would, it had nothing to do with a white cop and a black victim. It had everything to do with uh, a, a white cop gone renegade. There was no evidence of it being a racist killing. It was a tragic killing. It happened to be a black man, but that doesn't automatically make it racist. People, th- it, it's just, it's a, it's a bizarre thing. Anyway, it, but it, we're talking about probabilities because of what they want to do is to try to suggest the probability of a racist killing that it's very high, that the next time you encounter a, a white cop, or any cop for that matter, the chances of you as a black person being killed or made uncomfortable or incarcerated or, is very, very high precisely because of your skin. So they're, they're playing with these probabilities. That's ultimately what, we're, what they're doing. And, and why do we bring up all these probabilities, right? Because we're, we're talking about how we're talking about how destructive it is when you do not think in terms of probabilities. It's destructive, right? It's certainly destructive in the Black Lives Matter situation. It's destructive when you don't encourage people to have guns in their own homes because guns in your own homes are make your homes safer. It's destructive 
and at least inefficient when you don't take the airplane uh, and you decide that it's safer to take a plane. It's so it's wildly stupid to do so. And it's uh, it's dangerous if you don't consider the kind of food that you're eating. I'm not I'm not really pushing a veganism. I'm simply saying eat healthy. Just try to have more vegetables. That's all. Eat less fried food, even if it is meat. But just you got to think in these terms. There's probabilities abound uh, in this in in our lives. And yet people will say, by the way, that it doesn't matter what you eat. Um, it what matters is uh, your genetics, right? You're you're doomed one way or the other. And which is silly. Why do they say that? But in every other respect, uh, they, they, they expect you to take control of your life, right? Your education. You might as well say, it doesn't matter whether you have a high school education or college education, you'll be successful or not successful based upon your, your fate. I mean, it's, 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 the, it's the one area we say, uh, food, where somehow you have no control over your life. It's, it's, it's really bizarre. Now, we're going to get to the big one. Probabilities factor into the very question of our own existence. It factors into the existence of God. It asks the big question about whether or not evolution even is palpable. Can it even explain anything? It, it ultimately asks the question, is there a God? It has to. And if you think in terms of probabilities, you will likely, no, you will, you must come to the conclusion that God is everywhere. Not only that there, there is a God, but God is in everything. There is no other explanation, simply from the statistics of it. Okay, so, now how can I say that with such great confidence? You know, I, I'll tell you why. Because the, remember when, it, when we began this podcast, we talked about, hey, what are the chances that your principal Weinstein will jump off of the building and land on our car, okay? And it's very small, very, very small. But there is, and I said, there is a chance. It's not zero. It's never zero. There's a chance that for whatever reason, crazy Principal Weinstein, he's decided to be on the top of the, the thing, and whether he wants to commit suicide or he accidentally slips because he's checking out the rooftop of that particular building, and your car happens to be right below it exactly at the moment that he lands on top of your car, who knows? But there is a probability. So long as he's alive, and so long as, well, the car has the ability to move and, and those things can happen contemporaneously in time, it is possible. It is possible right now, Ari, as we make this podcast, I'm, that, that a man with a Navajo suit and feathers will come in with a bow and arrow, you know, cl clothed only in, uh, you know, the, the thing that covers his... Uh, his loincloth. His loincloth, yeah. And, and, and hoops it up and has a bow and arrow and just shoots you with three bows, uh, through th arrows right into your chest and then runs away. It's possible. As crazy as it sounds, that's possible. So I just gave you two ridiculous scenarios, right? Right. The, now, I'm telling you that the chances that life would form organically on its own, randomly, from a puddle of water, as Darwin proposed it, is so obscenely, infinitesimally small and smaller than the two scenarios I just said to you. Okay? I'll make it even more crazy. 
the chances of life forming at all would be the same as though you took as many Scrabble boxes as possible with all the little letter things in there, as many as you like. And you went to the top of the Empire State Building, dumped them over the side of the building, let them all fall as they may, over and over, randomly, and that they all landed in such perfect formation that they spelled out the entire book of Harry Potter exactly with all the right spacing and everything else. 35 times in a row. Okay? If that happened, and you saw, you just woke up one morning, and you saw, you know, you go down Fifth Avenue or wherever Empire State Building is, and you saw 35 tiles, you know, stretched 35 out. 35 books. Of books of, yeah, land, you know, on the street like that, one after the other, you would assume that somebody did that. Right? You wouldn't just say this happened randomly. But there is a chance that that could happen. Very small, but there's a chance. But it's an absurdly small chance, right? It's not zero. It's never zero. Like we always say, it's never zero. But it's so infinitesimally small that at some point you say that's ridiculous. And okay? you could say the, the statement, I think, with reason would be, it's so small, it might as well be zero. It might as well be, yeah. It, it touches the axis, the x-axis, as they the x-axis used to tell you. Yes. It, it, it seems to be touching. It might as well be touching it. It is effectively zero. Okay, but it's yes, agreed. It's it's not totally zero. But we make all of our decisions in life based upon probabilities, whether you realize it or not. You would not take your car uh, anywhere in the world if you thought that there's a chance that there is a uh, you know one percent chance that the car would blow up upon you know putting the ignition key in, right? If I were to tell you that. Uh, or if if, uh, if you have a, a 10 million M&Ms um, and or to tell you that two of them are poisoned, that will, can kill you. you, you might eat it, you might not. But if it was two out of 100, you'd probably not eat it, right? And so on down the line, okay? But every time you eat anything from a restaurant, there's a chance you might get food poisoning. You could actually die. People die from eating in restaurants sometimes, depending on how frail you are and so on. Uh, and people die in terrible accidents. They don't intend to die. They didn't. They they woke up that morning. They didn't say to him, "I I'm I'm planning to go and and get myself you know jackknifed by a, a you know 18 wheeler truck today." It, it, it's not in the plan. But there's always a chance of these things happening. And the chances, by contrast, that life would ever happen in the first place is is that difficult on to imagine own, on its own. Yes. And that's a fraction. So let's say it's one out of a you know fifteen quintillion. I'm just, but it's probably even lower than that. But one out of fifteen quintillion. Then you have to factor in the chance that that life would then reproduce itself, whatever the life is, right? And then that it could evolve, and then it could evolve into many different species, and then that it could evolve into a, a species called man, which in turn would have free will and a self awareness and consciousness. These things are impossible to imagine if we, because you have to multiply each of those fractions by themselves, which means it's an even smaller fraction, isn't it? And then you right. have to multiply them over time. In yeah. four billion years, this happened. Right. You, which, by the way, is a finite amount of time. Oh, it's a That's tiny... That's not an infinite amount of time. Yeah. It's That's a finite. tiny amount. It's a tiny amount of time relative to the... To, well, well, to the, the, the task universe. task at hand. The task at hand. And... 
so you you get to the point where you say, okay, look, uh, I mean, it's it's if you were to catch your husband uh, or wife, you know, you come back from work early, and you you see another yeah, another woman like moment yeah another woman you know on top of your man and they they're both naked and your husband turns to you and says it's not what it looks like <laughs> and you roll your eyes and you you slam the door and you you leave him forever right but it's possible it's really possible that it's not like what it looks like there could be something else going on here it could be like he was sleeping and some woman just forced himself or herself upon him at that moment, and he was trying to get her off. He's or being <laughs> raped. Okay. Right. Right. But the chances are so ridiculously low that the the you know the the wife is right to roll her eyes and and say you know f you right. She's right. She's to just do gonna that. leave him there. But it's <laughs> it's but but we make decisions based upon probabilities. Right. Right. That, that's it. If I if I punch you in the face right now, um, there's a there's a chance. That um, you'll flinch or whatever it might be, but we make decisions based upon all these things. Anyway, I, I, we choose the, um, and then of course the, the the chances of evolution being accurate with everything being random, the, the the chances that our Earth is in a perfect, a relatively perfect orbit compared to other planets, that we have this nice moon that keeps our Earth's axis exactly so. Um, and our tidal uh, patterns totally uh, symmetrical. Right, symmetrical. You know? That we wouldn't have seasons without the moon. Yeah. Uh, we wouldn't be alive without the moon, for that matter. And that the Earth is exactly in the right position, plus or minus 100 million, 100,000 miles from the sun. That's that's a tiny, tiny fraction. If it were 100,000 miles further away, it'd be too cold. 100,000 closer, it would be too hot. Miracle. Okay? It's a miracle. But these are the fascinating odds that we have to work with and you cannot conclude you can only make one conclusion that something designed this just like all the other examples like the, you can only make the conclusion that that man is is sleeping with this other woman right it, it, it's it's a logical hey they weren't first sleeping. conclusion <laughs> that's true they weren't sleeping. they were perfectly wide awake <laughs> they, they were having intercourse <laughs> but that's a logical conclusion when you see Another woman on top of your man, <laughs> that is a reasonable conclusion that something is sexual is going on. Okay? But, and yet it's far more transparent, far more transparent that a designer has made us and has made all the universe for that matter. And it's all about probabilities at the end. I'll wrap up this podcast with one very critical thing that will, as they say, blow your mind. And that is a book called um, Biocentrism. Just came out, and it's a, a fantastic book. It's, it studies the notion that we are, in fact, this universe is in fact the product of our own awareness. That we cannot have a universe. The universe would not exist without our understanding of it, that, we, that of our awareness of it. In other words, if a tree falls in, in the forest and no one's there to hear it then it hasn't made a sound, okay? That, that basically is the ultimate conclusion of it. But the universe is, in fact, just a feedback of our own consciousness. But more significantly, he describes, this author, that everything that you see is a series of probabilities, okay? You here right now, Ari, this microphone that's right in front of me, it's, 
you can look at it as a as a function of a probability. The probability that Ari David is sitting right in front of me with all his cells put together in such a way. There is a possibility that he's not there, but he is. Maybe he's not. I don't know. But it's all about probabilities. As soon as you leave Ari and you go to a different uh, place, a different client or whatever it might be, different person that you work with, you, you are, there's a probability that you don't exist, right? I mean, the obvious one being that I may think you're alive, but you may have just been killed in a car crash, okay? But also you may not exist alternatively on a completely different philosophical basis. But probabilities run everything that we think about in our lives, everything. And when you realize that, you come to very big epiphanies that in fact, the world and the universe is one, that God created this, and that in all likelihood, it's the God of the Bible that created all of this. You, you think this through, and you'll see what I'm talking about. And, and when I say the, Bible, this, the God of this Bible, I'm talking about how, how unlikely it is that this Bible could have been invented out of thin air by, by five guys around a campfire who decided to have a lark and write this Bible to fool all the people, as so many of my atheist people uh, friends think. Because there, there are just too many factors that I, I don't want to get into today, but we've talked about before about how if you wanted to fabricate the Bible, there's, this would not be the Bible to do it. There's, you would never make this Bible if you're fabricating one. And also, no one writes falsehoods about themselves that make themselves look so foolish right. and stupid and yeah. bad. That's right. And over and over, the stars of the, of the story make themselves, who wrote it down, look like idiots. That's right. That's right. And, it, and they're horribly flawed characters, and yet they're designed to learn. And, and it's designed for only one thing, not, not to exalt uh, men who would be the perpetrators of this, this faked Bible, right? They, it, instead, it, it exalts God and says, you should not listen to your, your rulers. Only, there's only one real ruler, and that is God. But that's, that's another story. We've already talked about that on podcast. But yeah. the prob- there is even probabilities within that. And you can only come to this conclusion. And the older you get, the less excuse you have to not figure this out. And so it is, I believe, that Maimonides said, by the time you're 30, you should believe in, in, that there is a God. By the time you're 60, you should know that there's a God. And I'm approaching 60. Eight years from now, I'll be 60. And I know that there's a God because I figured this out all through just basic common sense logic. And that's why this guy, this great philosopher, had the probabilities to go to a school like Stanford because he learns things earlier than you and he's smarter than you. Oh my gosh. That's not the way (laughs) I wanted to end. That's not the way I wanted to end. Jeez, Louise. The probabilities had nothing to do with me going to Stanford. And, and, and don't be impressed, by the way. Don't be. I, I'm not impressed at all that I went to Stanford. I was trying to impress your mother for this. <laughs> Remember, it's all it's all predestined. It doesn't matter, right? <laughs> like we said, like your diet doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna be who I'm gonna be. Anyway, probabilities are everything. Focus on that. Have some fun with it, and explore how crazy the probabilities are before you make decisions about it. And by all means. Come to the same conclusion. You'll see. You will come to the same conclusion as Ari and I do. 
I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk with you next week.